You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I'm going to minister a message this morning. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? In the Bible, there's quite a few times when you read about that. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah praying about the nation Israel, he asked God, he said, is there anything too hard for you? Ten verses later, you see God speaking to him and saying to him, is anything too hard for me? Many questions, even that Christians ask today, maybe crying out to God, God, the situation that I'm facing, this impossibility, is it too hard for you to change it? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Turn to the person next to you, ask them, what is your impossibility? Ask them, what is your impossibility? Well, let's look at one of the first recorded cases. Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? The situation that you are facing, the impossibilities around you, when a Christian or a brother or a sister in Christ has told you, don't give up, it's going to change. God is going to be faithful, He's going to see you through. Have you just laughed? <laughs> and the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely be a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. What is your impossibility? Turn to the person next to you, ask them, what is your impossibility? I want you to be aware of the fact that her confession was, I'm too old. It's too late. She... She's made other plans already. Remember, we know the story about Ishmael. My wife talked about that. From a natural point of view, there was no hope. But I want to tell you that God is able. Don't say it's too late. With God, all things are possible. Abraham looked at himself the Bible teaches in the New Testament, he looked at the deadness of his body, he did not consider that, but he started giving thanks to God. God said at the appointed time, next year, I'm coming back and you'll have a child. I want to tell you, if God has given you a promise, even if you've said it's too late, God is not going to change his mind, he's not going to alter the promise that he has made. Turn to the person next to you and say, you will see the promise fulfilled. I know when it comes to faith, our confession gives us possession. It's very important what you say because life and death is in the power of the tongue. But Lamentations teaches us, who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when God has not approved it? Sometimes we've said some stupid things about ourselves. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people. I will never make it. I don't think God has called me to do that. I'll never be a good this. I'll never be a... 
We thank God for His Word and for His promises. Is anything too hard for God? God's Word is higher than your words. Family, listen to me. What will our legacy be? What will our legacy be? Will our legacy be a legacy of faith or will it be a legacy of doubt? Will it be a legacy where we've taught our children with God all things are possible, nothing is too hard? Or will it be a legacy where they will doubt and think nothing can change? Can I tell you something? If families can turn back to God, a nation can turn back to God. Give the Lord a hand. If families can turn back to God, a nation can turn back to God. We have to help our children. There's hope. Jesus died, was buried. He went to hell. He was raised from the dead to pave a way of success for you and me. So there can be hope for us and hope for our children. I often think about the future as a pastor, as a father. What can I do to make it better? Life is hard. Well, if you have kids at school and you've tried to study with them, somehow what you did in matric just seems much harder what they are doing in grade three, four, and five. Am I the only parent that felt like that? It's almost like school got harder. Don't give up, kids. Right now in our nation, unemployment is at the highest rate ever. That means to find a job is much harder. For the youth, those are the facts. Turn to the person next to you say, those are the facts. Listen to me. Our decisions that we make today as parents, as leaders, as pastors has an impact of generations to come. Because the decisions that we make here releases mercy and grace for the future. You can store up mercy for generations to come is what the Bible teaches us. Turn to the person next to you and say, Mercy for generations to come. You know what that means? It means the decisions that I make today makes it easier for my children. The decisions I make today makes it easier for generations to come. Because the Bible teaches us about generational blessings. Turn to the person next to you and say, Generational blessings. I stand here today preaching. You know, standing here brings a remembrance to me that I have parents that have honored God. Things that my parents have done has had an impact on my life. I never knew my father-in-law. My mother-in-law is married to a wonderful man now, but my father-in-law I never knew prayed for me. He was a pastor. Prayed for me interceded for me, declared things. I don't even know what he prayed, but I'm seeing the manifestation of it today. We 
thank God for leaders that model excellence, show us a more excellent way. I can tell you now, whenever you see somebody that's successful, it's because somebody else has made a sacrifice. Somebody else has made a decision that would have an impact on generations to come. Somebody somewhere has prayed for you. In heaven, maybe one day we'll hear about a lady that was walking on this ground, declaring and prophesying what God would do here. When we honor God, it releases a blessing, not only upon our own lives, but generations to come. Where you are right now, nobody got to the place where they are right now on their own. Many people boast of big things. Look at what I've done. But you know it's the sacrifice, the praise, the good decisions that was made about other people that made it easier for you. Amen? Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, the genuine faith I see in you. You know what's genuine faith? That's the faith that can move mountains. That's the kind of faith that pleases God, the faith that works through love. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, the genuine faith I see in you, it was in your grandmother and it was in your mother. You have that genuine faith. It's been made easy for you to believe because of your grandmother and your mother. For some people, it's much easier to say, nothing is too hard for God. Not because you are great, but because of generations, previous generations that made good decisions. Give the Lord a hand. Your grandmother started exercising faith, believing God. Your mother started doing the same. And now it's in you. It doesn't talk about the Father. I want to encourage men. Let's rise up and be men of faith as well. Amen? Let's be men of faith as well. Timothy, it's easy for you to say, with God all things are possible, nothing is too hard, not because of anything that you've done. Your grandmother and your mother has been teaching you these things. Amen? Remember Moses. It was while Moses' arms were in the air, Joshua had the victory in the valley. Moses quickly figured out, as soon as I dropped my hands, Joshua's losing. Joshua didn't even know about that. Quickly figured it out. We all need people around us to help us. The Joshua's, the leaders, our hands to be in the air to give victory to the next generation. Maybe you say, well, Timothy had a mother and a grandmother our family has never served God. I don't have anybody like that in my family. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. <laughs> don't worry. I can assure you, maybe not mother or a grandmother, but a great-grandfather or mother that served God. God is aware. The biggest mistake that we can make is to say, I'm clever. I'm the smartest in the class. I'm the one working the hardest. I'm the one going the extra mile. I'm the one with wisdom to make good decisions. But remember that wisdom that you have has been passed on to you by your parents. 
the strength that you have to be a hard worker. Somebody trained you, showed you how to do that. Even Timothy, who exercised his faith, there was somebody who went before him with demonstrated faith, showed him a more excellent way. Can you see by the decisions that you make here today, living a life of faith, honoring God, there's an impact on generations to come. As parents, if we are honest, a lot of the sacrifices that we make is for our children. And I want to tell you, God is aware of it. Success in your own life, things that you see, Somebody has been praying. Somebody has been making good decisions to release that generational blessing upon generations to come. That's why we have to be faithful. Amen. Every time you make a good decision, you help somebody, you're lifting your hands and making it easier for somebody in the future. Turn to the person next to you say, make good decisions. Sometimes we see breakthrough, and we don't, God, why have you done it? Could be somebody previously, previous generations, somebody who lifted their hands, a Moses, to make it easier for you. They won the victory so that you can win today. A legacy of faith. A legacy of faith where we have a generation that will say all things are possible. I want to challenge you today to live that kind of a life. Live that kind of a life so that other people will win. The decisions that you make today, not just for yourself, but for generations to come. That's the kind of life that we have to live. As leaders in this nation, every time you correct social injustice, every time you correct social injustice, It's not just those children that you are helping. You're helping your children to become winners in the future as well. Imagine a legacy of faith, a generation that will get up and say, is anything too hard for God? When you look at impossibilities, say, nothing is too difficult for God. I've seen that faith in my mother. I've seen it in my grandmother. That same faith is working in me, a genuine faith that can move mountains. It's the kind of faith that pleases God. So the decisions that you make today has an impact on those around you. When you resist temptation, when you do something for the kingdom, there's mercy credited to your account for generations to come. Every time you're kind, every time you're respectful, you think it's an ordinary thing, you're crediting your account of mercy. Every time you come to church, ka-ching. Amen? Especially now we've been kept out of church for so long. I want to encourage you what the decisions that you are making now. It's that legacy of faith. That legacy of faith. Are you ready to impact generations to come? Not just to live for right now, but generations to come. That's what God has called us to do. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 7. Our decisions will affect generations to come. Our decisions will affect generations to come. A legacy of faith. Timothy, the faith that was in your grandmother, 
I see that faith in your mother. I see that faith in you. That's the kind of impact we want, generations to come. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 6. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, I think Melchizedek is one of the biggest mysteries, and we can teach on that, but to just understand a little bit, Melchizedek was, was a priest. No beginning, no end. And Abraham came to him and gave him tithes. Now, remember, Abraham received the covenant from God 430 years before the law. So when the law came with, with Moses, the priests, the Levites, they collected tithes under the law from Israel, a type of the church. But Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, not under the law, but under grace. Amen? The covenant that God had made. We as Christians so often, we say we father, sons of Father Abraham, daughters of Father Abraham, but then we quote Moses, the law. And remember when the law came, sin revived and I died. So what is he saying here? He's saying that God in this covenant wants to get blessings to you. Not only to you, but generations to come. Generations to come. There's a mystery here. Something that seems impossible, something that's almost too hard to comprehend. Difficult to understand, but God is saying here, Abraham, because you were faithful and you gave tithes unto me, I'm not just blessing you, but the blessing through that giving of the tithes, I'm placing it on generations to come. Say thank you, Jesus. Many of you are receiving a blessing in your life, open doors, breakthrough, and you think it's because you are working hard, but it's because of a previous generation that was faithful, committed to God, gave in faith that's released a blessing in your life. Turn to the person that you say, God wants to get blessings to you. Wouldn't you want that as well? That's the God that we serve. He's not trying to withhold things from you. He's trying to get the blessings to you. God so loved you that he gave the beauty of heaven to show us a more excellent way. Melchizedek is a type of Christ. The covenant with Abraham had no curses, only blessings. Go read it. I will bless you. I'll be your shield. I'll be your protection. I'll be your exceedingly great reward. There's nothing if you do anything wrong, I'm going to curse you. Go read it. Old covenant, under the law, there's blessing and curses. God said, now we're not under the law, we're under grace. Amen? Turn to the person that you say, the curse has been absorbed. So because of a previous relative, Abraham, that gave, a blessing came on Levi. Your giving releases a blessing not only in your own life, but it releases a blessing in generations to come. Abraham's faithfulness in giving released a blessing on generations to come. 
a legacy of faith. Don't just give for now. Don't just help for now. Every time you do that, things are busy changing in the spirit. Amen. You know, there's a heavenly account. Turn to the person next. You say you have a heavenly account. Account that you have to fill with mercy. Turn with me to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. I love David. I love David. David was the one who started sharing on the mercy covenant. Account that you can fill with mercy. Psalm 89. Where is that? Hallelujah. Here we go. Verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David. An everlasting covenant of mercy. That's where you want to find yourself. How do we make deposits into this account? How do we make deposits into this account? Every time you honor God, you're depositing into this account. Paul wrote in Philippians, he said, I'm not after your gift. I'm not after your gift. But I want that which is deposited into that account. Philippians 4. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Every time you make a decision to honor God, a deposit is made into that account. Every time you make a decision to honor God, when you say, I'm going to come to church, you're honoring God. Every time you make a decision to say, I'm going to let go of that offense, you're honoring God. Every time you resist that temptation, you're honoring God. The decision that you are making has an impact on generations to come. The decisions David made to honor God had an impact on generations to come. David said, I'm going to try my very best to honor God. When you honor God, God will honor you. Not just only you, but generations to come. That is the covenant. Remember, David said, God, I want to build you a house putting God first. And God said, because you've made that decision to build a house for me, I will build a house for you. Ask yourself, what have you been depositing into your heavenly account for generations to come? Because you make right choices, generations to come will have a better future. The decisions we make today has an impact on generations to come. When you make that decision to put God first, God's saying, I'm going to look after your children, your grandchildren, and generations to come. Listen to me. Even if that family gets a bit off course, God will bring them back. Because you are living right and you are living a life to honor God, God will honor you. When you honor His family, He will honor your family. The decisions that you make has an impact on generations to come. What seems ordinary in the natural has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. When you're working at it to let offenses go, showing your children, teaching your children that 
allow the righteousness of God to dominate their hearts, allow Jesus to have the rightful place, be quick to forgive, seems ordinary, has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. For Timothy, it might have been ordinary to forgive quickly because faith works through love. But it was because of what his mother and grandmother had done. The decisions that we make have a tremendous impact on the future. If we want a generation that will truly believe that nothing is too hard for God, let's not make it harder for them. When they look at us, the life that we live, the standard that we've allowed this word to be in our lives, the way that we live as Christians, parents, are we making it hard for them or are we making it easy for them? Listen to me. You don't just go to church. You don't just serve. You don't just help. People are thinking, oh, I'm just doing No. Every time you do that, you're depositing mercy into your heavenly account. Don't just think, oh, God doesn't overlook any of those things. When you make those decisions, it has a major impact. When you're helping the church, are you still getting involved in helping in Champions Club? Oh, yes. Do you mean you go to church early to be ready for the band to worship? Yes. Do you come to church to, to greet people? Yes. People might think it's ordinary, but every time you do that, and I salute the workers here at Household of Christ helping, you're not just doing it to make people feel welcome. Every time you do that, you're depositing mercy into your heavenly account. You're not just planting vegetables, feeding people. There's a mercy account. Amen. Give the Lord a hand for our vegetable garden. <laughs> Listen to me. This covenant with David is an unbreakable covenant, this covenant of mercy. You can go read your Bible, go read from, through Kings, go read through uh, Chronicles. You'll see there how many times Kings after David should not have become king. There's no reason for them to become king. Then go read there. Because of my servant David, this one became king. Because of my servant David became king. You know what this means? Generations to come because of the way that you're living, the decisions you're making now. Generations will be in positions that they don't even deserve because of the decisions that you've made. One of the stories that touched my heart so much, King Hezekiah faces a challenge of a lifetime. 305 years after David was dead. 305 years after David was dead. I want to read it to you. 2 Kings 19. Two Kings 19. I'm, the Bible says, God says, because of my name and my servant David, I will defend the city. Hezekiah is there. He's thinking he's a great king. He's praying. He, maybe he's fasting. Maybe he's even saying, God, help me. The Bible says, God says, I will defend the city because of my name 
and my servant David. You know what he did? He sent one angel and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. Turn to the person next to you and say, honor God in your decision-making. Hezekiah didn't even know. 305 years later, God says, you know what? Because of my servant David, because of my name, I'm going to give this man a victory. Nobody will come close to this city. I'm just going to send one angel. Does it feel like 185,000 things have been coming against you? Does it feel like 185,000 things have been coming against you? Right decisions now for generations to come. You know what I want people to say? Generations to come in the future. You know what? In the middle of the COVID pandemic, when it was locked down, there was a pastor and his wife. They tried to honor God in everything that they did. Because of that, there's victory for generations yet unborn. That can be our legacy. How great will that be? Not a legacy of houses and cars and all those things. It's great. But the greatest legacy that you can leave your children, the legacy of mercy, a heavenly account full of mercy and grace, that when the enemy wants to come against them with 185,000 aggressive Assyrians, that God will say, because of my servant David and my name, I'm going to give them deliverance. Are you ready for that? So that the generation will say, is anything too hard for God? This was coming against me to destroy the city, to destroy where I'm living. And God protected us. Remember, iniquities are down to three generations. But the blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord is for a thousand generations. Do you know, family, God came to Saul and said to Saul, I want you to go and destroy the Amalekites completely. I'm giving you the power, I'm giving you the authority, go and destroy them. Remember, he didn't do it. He saved the king and all the best. Samuel the prophet came to him and he said, what have you done? Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? He said, I've obeyed the Lord. He said, if, I, if you've obeyed the Lord, what is this goats that I'm hearing in my ears in? He didn't do it. Didn't obey the Lord. You know, his decision that he made there had an impact on generations to come. Your obedience and your disobedience will affect generations to come. 500 years later, 500 years later, Haman is there causing problems for Esther. If he had just dealt with the Amalekites, she wouldn't sit with the problem. But God had to raise up a woman there and say, okay, now we're going to deal with this once and for all. What are you leaving or what are you busy right now dealing with that if you don't deal with it completely, it will have an impact on generations to come? Maybe it's anger in your life. Maybe it's an addiction. Whatever. It's time to deal with that thing once and for all to make it easy for generations to come and not harder for generations to come. Could it be that one issue that changes everything for the, your genealogy to follow?
don't give up. Continue to plant those good seeds. Continue to make those decisions that will honor God. Whether it's coming to church, whether it's praying for somebody, whether it's a vegetable garden that's just feeding some people. But do things that will honor God so that we can have a legacy of faith for generations to stand and say, it's anything too hard for God. I had a grandfather that prayed for me. I saw faith in my grandmother. I know God is fighting for me. The enemy might come against me with 185,000 things. But because of God's name and somebody in my genealogy that made a decision to honor God, I know I'm going to have the victory. That resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. That Holy Spirit is there to lead you and to guide you. I was sharing with somebody this morning. I said, a lot of things that we see right here now is things that I've been praying 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Those are just my prayers. There might be people 300 years before me that was praying, honoring God in my genealogy so that we can stand here. The truth is, God wants Ephesians 3.20. God will do far more abundantly whatever you can think, whatever you can dream, whatever you can imagine. Not just for you, but for generations to come. If we want a generation, a legacy of faith, the kind of faith that pleases God, a generation that will say, it's anything too hard for God, to have that confidence to know my parents served God. I had grandparents that served God. Sacrifices were made. God was honored in everything that I can stand here with confidence and know that God is going to come through for me in whatever situation I face. Let's leave a legacy of faith, a generation that will say, is anything too hard for God? See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.